part two chapter three of under western eyes by joseph conrad this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two chapter three we remained looking at each other for a time do you know who he is miss holden coming forward put this question to me in english i took her offered hand everybody knows he is a revolutionary feminist a great writer if you like and how shall i say it the the familiar guest of madame de s s mystic revolutionary salon miss haldin passed her hand over her forehead you know he was with me for more than an hour before you came in i was so glad mother was lying down she has many nights without sleep and then sometimes in the middle of the day she gets a rest of several hours it is sheer exhaustion but still i am thankful if it were not for these intervals she looked at me and with that extraordinary penetration which used to disconcert me shook her head no she would not go mad my dear young lady i cried by way of protest the more shocked because in my heart i was far from thinking mrs haldin quite sane you don't know what a fine lucid intellect mother had continued natalie haldin with her calm clear-eyed simplicity which seemed to me always to have a quality of heroism i am sure i murmured i darkened mother's room and came out here i've wanted for so long to think quietly she paused then without giving any sign of distress added it's so difficult and looked at me with a strange fixity as if watching for a sign of dissent or surprise i gave neither i was irresistibly impelled to say the visit from that gentleman has not made it any easier i fear miss holden stood before me with a peculiar expression in her eyes i don't pretend to understand completely some guide one must have even if one does not wholly give up the direction of one's conduct to him i am an inexperienced girl but i am not slavish there has been too much of that in russia why should i not listen to him there is no harm in having one's thoughts directed but i don't mind confessing to you that i have not been completely candid with peter ivanovitch i don't quite know what prevented me at the moment she walked away suddenly from me to a distant part of the room but it was only to open and shut a drawer in a bureau she returned with a piece of paper in her hand it was thin and blackened with close handwriting it was obviously a letter i wanted to read you the very words she said this is one of my poor brother's letters he never doubted how could he doubt they make only such a small handful these miserable oppressors before the unanimous will of our people your brother believed in the power of a people's will to achieve anything it was his religion declared miss haldin i looked at her calm face and her animated eyes of course the will must be awakened inspired concentrated she went on that is the true task of real agitators one has got to give up one's life to it the degradation of servitude the absolutist lies must be uprooted and swept out reform is impossible there is nothing to reform there is no legality there are no institutions there are only arbitrary decrees there is only a handful of cruel perhaps blind officials against a nation the letter rustled slightly in her hand i glanced down at the flimsy blackened pages whose very handwriting seemed cabalistic incomprehensible to the experience of western europe stated like this i confess the problem seems simple enough but i fear i shall not see it solved and if you go back to russia i know that i shall not see you again yet once more i say go back 
don't suppose that i am thinking of your preservation no i know that you will not be returning to personal safety but i had much rather think of you in danger there than see you exposed to what may be met here i tell you what said miss haldin after a moment of reflection i believe that you hate revolution you fancy it's not quite honest you belong to a people which has made a bargain with fate and wouldn't like to be rude to it but we have made no bargain it was never offered to us so much liberty for so much hard cash you shrink from the idea of revolutionary action for those you think well of as if it were something how shall i say it not quite decent i bowed my head you are quite right i said i think very highly of you don't suppose i do not know it she began hurriedly your friendship has been very valuable i have done little else but look on she was a little flushed under the eyes there is a way of looking on which is valuable i have felt less lonely because of it it's difficult to explain really well i too have felt less lonely that's easy to explain though but it won't go on much longer the last thing i want to tell you is this in a real revolution not a simple dynastic change or a mere reform of institutions in a real revolution the best characters do not come to the front a violent revolution falls into the hands of narrow-minded fanatics and of tyrannical hypocrites at first afterwards comes the turn of all the pretentious intellectual failures of the time such are the chiefs and the leaders you will notice that i have left out the mere rogues the scrupulous and the just the noble humane and devoted natures the unselfish and the intelligent may begin a movement but it passes away from them they are not the leaders of a revolution they are its victims the victims of disgust of disenchantment often of remorse hopes grotesquely betrayed ideals caricatured that is the definition of revolutionary success there have been in every revolution hearts broken by such successes but enough of that my meaning is that i don't want you to be a victim if i could believe all you have said i still wouldn't think of myself protested miss haldin i would take liberty from any hand as a hungry man would snatch at a piece of bread the true progress must begin after and for that the right men shall be found they are already amongst us one comes upon them in their obscurity unknown preparing themselves she spread out the letter she had kept in her hand all the time and looking down at it yes one comes upon such men she repeated and then read out the words unstained lofty and solitary existences folding up the letter while i looked at her interrogatively she explained these are the words which my brother applies to a young man he came to know in st petersburg an intimate friend i suppose it must be his is the only name my brother mentions in all his correspondence with me absolutely the only one and would you believe it the man is here he arrived recently in geneva have you seen him i inquired but of course you must have seen him no no i haven't i didn't know he was here it's peter ivanovitch himself who told me you have heard him yourself mentioning a new arrival from petersburg well that is the man of unstained lofty and solitary existence my brother's friend compromised politically i suppose i remarked i don't know yes it must be so who knows perhaps it was this very friendship with my brother which but no it is scarcely possible really i know nothing except what peter ivanovitch told me of him he has brought a letter of introduction from father zosim you know the priest democrat you have heard of father zosim oh yes the famous father zosim was staying here in geneva 
for some two months about a year ago i said when he left here he seems to have disappeared from the world it appears that he is at work in russia again somewhere in the centre miss haldin said with animation but please don't mention that to anyone don't let it slip from you because if it got into the papers it would be dangerous for him you are anxious of course to meet that friend of your brother i asked miss haldin put the letter into her pocket her eyes looked beyond my shoulder at the door of her mother's room not here she murmured not for the first time at least after a moment of silence i said good-bye but miss haldin followed me into the anteroom closing the door behind us carefully i suppose you guess where i mean to go to-morrow you have made up your mind to call on madame de s yes i am going to the chateau borel i must what do you expect to hear there i asked in a low voice i wondered if she were not deluding herself with some impossible hope it was not that however only think such a friend the only man mentioned in his letters he would have something to give me if nothing more than a few poor words it may be something said and thought in those last days would you want me to turn my back on what is left of my poor brother a friend certainly not i said i quite understand your pious curiosity unstained lofty and solitary existences she murmured to herself there are there are well let me question one of them about the loved dead how do you know though that you will meet him there is he staying at the chateau as a guest do you suppose i can't really tell she confessed he brought a written introduction from father zosim who it seems is a friend of madame de s too she can't be such a worthless woman after all there were all sorts of rumours afloat about father zosim himself i observed she shrugged her shoulders calumny is a weapon of our government too it's well known oh yes it is a fact that father zosim had the protection of the governor-general of a certain province we talked on the subject with my brother two years ago i remember but his work was good and now he is proscribed what better proof can one require but no matter what that priest was or is all that cannot affect my brother's friend if i don't meet him there i shall ask these people for his address and of course mother must see him too later on there is no guessing what he may have to tell us it would be a mercy if mamma could be soothed you know what she imagines some explanation perhaps may be found or or even made up perhaps it would be no sin certainly i said it would be no sin it may be a mistake though i want her only to recover some of her old spirit while she is like this i cannot think of anything calmly do you mean to invent some sort of pious fraud for your mother's sake i asked why fraud such a friend is sure to know something of my brother in these last days he could tell us there is something in the facts which will not let me rest i am certain he meant to join us abroad that he had some plans some great patriotic action in view not only for himself but for both of us i trusted in that i looked forward to the time oh with such hope and impatience i could have helped and now suddenly this appearance of recklessness as if he had not cared she remained silent for a time then obstinately she concluded i want to know thinking it over later on while i walked slowly away from the boulevard de philosophes i asked myself critically what precisely was it that she wanted to know what i had heard of her history was enough to give me a clue in the educational establishment for girls where miss haldin finished her studies she was looked upon rather unfavourably she was suspected of holding independent views on matters settled by official teaching 
afterwards when the two ladies returned to their country place both mother and daughter by speaking their minds openly on public events had earned for themselves a reputation of liberalism the three-horse trap of the district police captain began to be seen frequently in their village i must keep an eye on the peasants so he explained his visits up at the house two lonely ladies must be looked after a little he would inspect the walls as though he wanted to pierce them with his eyes peer at the photographs turn over the books in the drawing-room negligently and after the usual refreshments would depart but the old priest of the village came one evening in the greatest distress and agitation to confess that he the priest had been ordered to watch and ascertain in other ways too such as using his spiritual power with the servants all that was going on in the house and especially in respect of the visitors these ladies received who they were the length of their stay whether any of them were strangers to that part of the country and so on the poor simple old man was in an agony of humiliation and terror i came to warn you be cautious in your conduct for the love of god i am burning with shame but there is no getting out from under the net i shall have to tell them what i see because if i did not there is my deacon he would make the worst of things to curry favour and then my son-in-law the husband of my parasha who was a writer in the government domain office they would soon kick him out and maybe send him away somewhere the old man lamented the necessities of the times when people do not agree somehow and wiped his eyes he did not wish to spend the evening of his days with a shaven head in the penitent cell of some monastery and subjected to all the severities of ecclesiastical discipline for they would show no mercy to an old man he groaned he became almost hysterical and the two ladies full of commiseration soothed him the best they could before they let him go back to his cottage but as a matter of fact they had very few visitors the neighbours some of them old friends began to keep away a few from timidity others with marked disdain being grand people that came only for the summer miss holden explained to me aristocrats reactionaries it was a solitary existence for a young girl her relations with her mother were of the tenderest and most open kind but mrs holden had seen the experiences of her own generation its sufferings its deceptions its apostasies too her affection for her children was expressed by the suppression of all signs of anxiety she maintained a heroic reserve natalie holden her brother with his petersburg existence not enigmatical in the least there could be no doubt of what he felt or thought but conducted a little mysteriously was the only visible representative of a proscribed liberty all the significance of freedom its indefinite promises lived in their long discussions which breathed the loftiest hope of action and faith in success then suddenly the action the hopes came to an end with the details ferreted out by the english journalist the concrete fact the fact of his death remained but it remained obscure in its deeper causes she felt herself abandoned without explanation but she did not suspect him what she wanted was to learn almost at any cost how she could remain faithful to his departed spirit end of part two chapter three recording by expatriate in bangor maine